It's the best of the worst B-movie breakdown It's the best of the worst B-movie breakdown It's the best of the worst Hey Dan, hmm. life on the streets has taught me to see the world through different eyes. What was love, your neighbor as yourself, now hides behind the lies. You start thinking you can have it all. The world is yours, take. So you fill your cup with emptiness. Promises you will make. Well, I mean, that's obviously true, you know. Well, you know, bring back those reins. And wash my cares away, dry my eyes, with the sunlight, and on that star, only one small wish I pray, bring him home again, bring him home again. Inspiring words from the song Dreams of a Better Day, from this week's movie, The Buttercream Gang. If you want to look up that song, the song is by Kurt Bestor, who did all the music in this movie. Performed by Judd Mayer. Judd Mayer. Judd John Mayer. Mayer's less talented, retarded <laughs> brother. <laughs> and this is the B-Movie Breakdown. I'm Corey. I'm DRC, but I'm uh, thinking of changing my name to DRV and taking my mother's name, Valdez. <laughs> Nothing's more manly than taking a woman's name, am I right? Am I right? Eh? He wanted to sound more cholo, man. He was <laughs> He was trying to be straight up cholo. Uh, well, the B-Movie Breakdown is a podcast where we find humor and enjoyment in low-budget and lesser-known films of the past and present, home of the good, the bad, the what-the-fuck, and absolute bonkers, because that's what I describe this week's movie as. I feel like it's the only word appropriate to describe this week's I don't movie. like cholos. They're just like dirty Mexican donuts. <laughs> or is that churros? No, oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, each week's movie will be revealed in the prior episode, so you two can join in on the madness. You can listen in on iTunes if you subscribe. Subscribe on there on our website, bnbpodcast.com, or on Stitcher. You can reach us on our site, our email, bnbpodcast at gmail.com, our Twitter, at bnbpodcast, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash bnbpodcast. Especially Twitter, we've been getting hit up lately from uh, at T. Kuchenbrod. It it's the person's last name, because it's okay. their thing. Anyways, they, uh, they hit us up this week for uh, a suggestion for next week, which we'll get to a little bit later. But they uh, they keep you know pimping us out on Twitter, so that's uh, thanks for the support there at T Kuchenbrod. Follow that dude. Uh, if only I'd have stayed in Chicago, I'd be pimping people out right now. Could have been. Uh, I uh, this week's movie, The Buttercream Gang, is a movie I uh, remember watching in school. Uh, say a rainy day, couldn't go out for recess, they'd play a movie, things like that. This is one of the movies they would, they would frequent. Uh, I re- I, so you had to see it multiple times? Yeah, I remember seeing this multiple times. They, you know, they would recycle the same movies every now and then. Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, that's a good movie for kids. <laughs> Take a bunch of kids into a factory where they get tortured and murdered. <laughs> Except for the last one, and then he just waves his hand. Oh, I'll bring them all back to life. It'll be fine. <laughs> I made this one girl blow up till she exploded, but it's okay. No, she won't. She won't be mentally scarred for the rest of her life or nothing. <laughs> so yeah, I we used to watch this movie, and obviously there's reasons why. Uh, in the early '90s, gangs was like a, a like a an issue, and like a early it was a, a very very much a '90s thing. So <laughs> gangs are so '90s these days, and uh, <laughs> so. That was definitely something to get, you know, get people to stay away from joining gangs, which I really don't think was ever going to be an issue in our town. Oh, no. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess people in Elkridge never thought the same, or they thought the same thing, and there ended up being a gang in their town. It can never happen in your town until it does. Three, so be ready. Three-man gang. I love that they, they never really broke it up. They got rid of the one guy. The other two guys are probably still gang-banging. Yeah, we'll just gloss over it like thing everything is, else in this th- movie. The thing is about this movie, were those other two guys just waiting for like a ringleader to <laughs> make their presence? Like, oh, we want to cause trouble, but we really need a leader to really get us together. 
<laughs> yeah, it'd be like the guys on Boy Meets World. They just fall apart without a leader, and then they just turn into Bulk and Skull. <laughs> Nobody wants a Bulk and Skull in the town. They want a gang. They'll have to run away from and have an excuse to walk girls home. Oh, I'm going to protect you from the gang. Oh, I better come inside and get you upstairs and protect you from the gang. Oh, I better get your clothes off and get inside you so I can protect you from the gang. Well, for people who don't know anything about the Buttercream Gang, I, I really recommend watching this movie on YouTube. It's it's absolutely hilarious. It's absolutely insane. The ending... Holy shit. <laughs> the ending is exactly what we've come to expect from all the movies that we've watched these past six months or so. The But not even that ending. I mean, the ending with Pete is just oh. so insane. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, it's really insane. But for you, for those who don't know, it's about this uh, group of kids who like do-gooders in the town of Elkridge. It's Scott Carpenter, Eldon Flowers, Lanny Glenn, which they really didn't say his name too many times. I thought it was Lenny, not Lanny. But oh, they okay. They <laughs> they want to make him a fruit cup. Go ahead, make it Lanny. And then Pete, Lanny, short for Lana, but we'll just call him Lanny so people won't realize he has a girl's name, even though they will. Pete Turner, uh, he. Is introduced there first, and he, oh. you find out that Pete is going to live with his aunt in Chicago. See, that's a clever bit of name and see by Turner, and then he turns and goes with the gang. See, it's <laughs> it's like foreshadowing or something. <laughs> it really is foreshadowing because he goes to Chicago to help. Uh, to he moved there to help his aunt. Is that what? That's we're what he to told believe? people he was doing. But she was saying, oh, I asked you to come here because I thought you'd be a good influence on my boys, and now they just want to join a gang because of you. <laughs> His gang in Chicago. Wow. What kind of gang was that? It was a very, like, mixed-up group of people. Oh, oh that, that's what they did in I don't the know, 90s, I don't mean, too. I don't mean, they... like, race-wise. I mean just the way they looked. It was a very mi- mi- like mishmash of like, and I love how they didn't even really say anything to each other when they're walking up to or walking away from him when they drop him off at his apartment. They ADR'd all the lines in, and you hear what's obviously like an older man's voice say something like, uh, "Oh, you bet, busted man, hang loose," and they do their stupid <laughs> like hang loose Hawaii gang. Jimmy sign. Snooker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thing is, though, in the '90s, a uh, big thing with gangs, uh, especially at the time, was say baggy pants and things like that. This gang was all about wearing your pants as high as you fucking could. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I, I wonder if it was an old man that started this chapter or something. Well, maybe it was like but, the buttercream uh, gang, and then it was just like, uh, look kind of mexy, sorta. Where your where your. Uh... Your flannel shirt. Your headband thing, your flannel shirt, you know, buttoned, uh, you know, Vato style. Yeah. So, the thing is, this movie was trying to tell you to not join a gang, but to have a gang. Right. Like, don't have a gang, don't have a gang, have a gang. If you have a gang, have a good gang. Like, help old ladies across the street and diddle them under the table so they get a little (laughs) action before they kick, you know? (laughs) The uh, one thing all I could think about was watching this movie. If if uh, if you haven't seen the movie Mystery Team, check it out. It is definitely some inspiration from this movie. It's from uh, the guys behind Derek Comedy. Uh, one of them being, well, I can't remember his name right now. From Community and Donald Glover. Donald Glover he's Donald one of the main Glover. people in it. Uh, there's a bunch of other people in it. Ellie Kemper from The Office. You know. Aubrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza, DC Pearson, yeah, Aubrey Plaza Dominic from Dirks. from Parks and Rec. It's definitely there's definitely some inspiration from this Buttercream Gang movie in Mystery Team. So, well, definitely check out Mystery Team. It's it's absolutely hilarious on purpose, not like this movie where it was absolutely hilarious for all the uh, unintentionally. So, another thing early on you get from this movie is the use of the word buttercream. It is used in every fucking way possible, to, as in any sort of verb or noun. Or buttercream in the day, boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just buttercreamed all over your wife's face and tits. <laughs> like he's like, I'm a buttercreamer, right? Closest I'll get to a real mom. Yeah, you know it. Closest I'll get to a real mom. No, no, he's oh. talking about his aunt. He goes, uh, 
I'm gonna go live with her for a while. It's the closest I'll get to having a real mom. Even if she does make a spaghetti with ketchup, am I right? Okay. Where was Pete supposed to be from? I don't know. Because he talked that way kind of already, but then when he went to Chicago, why would he come back with a Boston accent? I don't know. And not a Chicago accent. It was like a really bad attempt at a Chicago accent. Like, instead, he was it was like this Boston... Sh- I don't know. And maybe he was from Boston originally. That's where his parents were murdered. Maybe he fell in with all those Boston gangs that are known to frequent Chicago. Well, I guess we... <laughs> I guess we don't know if his parents were murdered. I'm just assuming this part. But they were killed in some sort of accident or murder or whatever else. I did love how nobody else came to put Pete on the bus to go to Chicago except for the kids. Not even his grandpa, who apparently he'd been staying with. Yeah, at this point, you so, know what he, the thing is, though, you didn't know he was with his grandpa for a long time. Right. I was like, who the fuck like, did he live yeah, with? Who is he staying with? And no wonder he ends up hating himself if he doesn't have this kind of support. Like, he's leaving town, the guy has been raising him for how many years couldn't give any less of a fuck. <laughs> oh, I understand. You know, he, he needs some family, he needs some love, you know, so you, you join the Boston gang in Chicago... The mixed Mexican, Grisa, God knows what else is going on. And, uh, you know, you get your kicks gangbanging instead of playing kick the can in some podunk little shithole town. <laughs> and they literally do play kick the can in this movie. Yeah. How fucking ridiculous is it? <laughs> they had to make it realistic, okay? Oh, realistic, okay. Realistic by, like, the... You know, 1920s Christian <laughs> standard of morality and fun. <laughs> Apparently, you can't even watch TV in this town. I have an oh, air conditioner in your house. No air in your house. Let's sit out on the porch because it's too hot inside and we're too cheap to have a freaking air conditioner. No air and no TV, only TV commercials. They're only able to watch commercials. It's like Demolition Man. But we it don't really even have is. music at old TV or, you know, product commercials Jim are our Pulse. highest form of entertainment. And you know what? He comes. Pete comes back from Chicago with new commercials that God knows you wouldn't have seen watching TV out in Utah. Like, hey, I just saw this one with this old lady. She's like, I've fallen and I can't get up. Well, to your credit, to Pete's credit, he is absolutely amazing at recreating commercials. He is. He's got a talent. It's too bad he didn't go to L.A. He probably could have ended up either in commercials or gay porn, but either way, it would have been doing way better. Or a gang out in L.A. Or a gang doing gay porn commercials out in L.A. <laughs> well, I just love i love what Pete said to Scott when he was leaving. He's like, buttercreaming isn't just about helping people and stuff. It's also about fun. As he pinches his nipple. He pinched his nipple. He went to, like, tickle him or something. Which is not, not any less, like, homoerotic. But he did, he, like, he gave him a fucking titty twister. You know what? It, that ain't. Why are you making a big deal out of this? <laughs> In sports, guys smack each other's asses all the time. It's not. But when gay. you're talking, maybe about... maybe you just twist your guy's nip, just like hey, hey. But, but when you're talking about buttercreaming, sounds a little. It makes it a little bit different. I, hey, I buttercreaming's about having fun. I did twisting your buddy's nipples is fun. Buttercreaming your pants while you're doing it—that's even more fun. And I was also confused why they're called buttercream gang. You're you're told later on you get a little explanation of the story behind the buttercream gang. Cause I was just—I like, thought it was a frosting thing. We call them the buttercream gang because it's just so sweet. Because <laughs> my thoughts were, couldn't they have picked anything else, or was this passed down from generation to generation? Later on, you learn—you learn that it was passed down from generation to generation. I don't know why they weren't the butter churn gang. Because it made yeah, more sense. Was uh, formed several decades prior to the storyline during the war. Said, they didn't mention which war. The, just war. the war. He said after the raid out in Utah, what else could it have been? Oh, engines murdered all the men <laughs> in the town, so the kids had to take over. That's pretty dark. Why'd you put that in a Christian film? <laughs> engines murdered everybody. Engines are bad. Well, the local women were left unable to churn butter with their men gone. A group of boys began <laughs> going around town to help them do this, hence the name. This. I can churn the butter. I churn the butter all the time. Churn the butter. Churn the butter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Over the years, the group expanded... It really isn't a women's job. Over the years, the group expanded to four members and eventually came to do all sorts of helpful things for the locals. And apparently it's like... 
I don't know. I just there's so many things about this movie that is absolutely insane. We've just got to get to them. For kids who join a gang that's all about respecting their community, they sure don't respect its past. When the store owner tells them, "Did I ever tell you my great grandpa was one of the original?" And they're like, "Oh, God. yeah, thousands of times, fuckhole." And the one kid, uh, Lanny or Lenny or whatever. At first, I thought maybe he was a little bit special because when they're putting Pete on the bus. He's just, like, standing there jumping up and down and, like, clapping in, like, the weirdest way. <laughs> just like, <laughs> He really didn't say too many lines. Yay, but yay. he was just like, yay! Pete's going to Chicago, yay! And, and, it really me, it just, I just, uh, the Mystery Team stuff just got me so much because they're playing with little kids and stuff, like, who, they're like, these, like, junior high yeah. kids and they're playing with, like, four-year-olds. Yeah, these little girls run up to him and they're all like, hey, we, we need you to do the thing for us. Come here, do the thing for us. Like, okay, so they start jumping rope, and when they hit 10, they just yell, Earthquake! And everybody just falls down. It's so funny. Oh, my God. Uh, one other uh, question I had was, Pete looks at a picture of, or Scott looks at a picture of him and Pete, and it says, Chicago or bust. So wouldn't that be taken the day he left? But they weren't dressed that way, and that never happened. Right. I want to know when this picture was taken. Why would he need a Chicago bus if he's got a bus ticket? Is he going to be hitching his way over there? Is he going to be, you know, S on the dirty D to earn his way over there? Who knows? The rules of the road. Chicago bus in my mouth. The rules of the road, man. The rules of the road. Ass, gas, and grass. Nobody rides for free. And I loved the letter writing back and forth in the beginning. That was absolutely hilarious. They just the voiceover and the and the letter writing back and forth until Pete just stops writing letters because he's too involved in the gang. But as his uh, when Pete first gets to Chicago, he's doing great. He's getting all A's. That could have been a he's lot. Doing, you don't know. He's doing well. His aunt's saying about how he's doing so great that it is uh, he way to he's she. What did she say? Your parent, if your parents were still alive, they'd be so proud of you. Like, way to yeah. fucking remind him of <laughs> way his to attention. twist the knife, bitch. Yes, yeah, some real mom you are. Seriously, if your parents hadn't been mauled to death by that bear, and I loved uh, his gang in Chicago, they really reminded me of the Outsiders. Like, what decade was this supposed to be in? It's clearly the 90s because of all the references they make. The movie or the wrestlers? <laughs> Kevin Nash and Scott Hall? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're the, they're just, hey, Chico. They're just going around flicking toothpicks in people's faces. <laughs> and power Survey time. And power bombing them everywhere. <laughs> How many people came here tonight to see the Buttercream Gang? <laughs> How many of you came here tonight to see the smiley faces? <laughs> Survey says... Another one for the good guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. Elk Ridge, do we find out at the very end that there is some sort of police presence in this town? Unbelievably enough. <laughs> but throughout the whole movie, where the fuck are the authorities? There's so many problems that could easily be solved by just calling the police instead of the buttercream gang or anything else. Like when the old old man, old woman Jenkins or whatever, when she falls, yep. who this little girl runs up and she doesn't tell the adults that are there right. about this. She runs, runs up and, and tells the boys. <laughs> tells the boys. This lady's laying on the ground. Don't know how long she's been that way. She could or, be dead. She could be dying. Yeah. Don't don't call professional medical help. Call the the town uh, little rascals, basically. <laughs> Call the little rascals; they'll take care of her. Yeah, because oh my god, they take so long to get to their house to her house. Oh yeah, how far away is her house from the? Probably and, miles. Okay, and then, how did that little girl get there? Did she run? Probably oh. the whole way. I gotta, I gotta tell the buttercream gang. I gotta tell them about Widow Jenkins. And this is another thing. Why is she named Widow Jenkins? Do you have to just twist the knife and remind her that her husband's dead every time you talk about her? Oh, hey, Widow Jenkins. Oh, hi, oh, hi your husband's dead, Jenkins. Baby, there's... Hi, you're stuck being alone and lonely for the rest of your life, Jenkins. Widow Miss Jenkins. Maybe they, maybe they were trying to say Lil, but they had speech impediments, so they're like, Widow. <laughs> Miss Jenkins. I just think this town's no. a lot meaner than they let on. No, they are. But one thing we forgot to mention, when P is leaving Chicago or his aunt makes him leave, he has one suitcase. For for being there for an entire year, 
one suitcase. Almost, almost. And he didn't have any suitcases when he went on the bus to go to Chicago. He just had a White Sox pennant. (laughs) That's all he needed. That's all he needed. See, his own own blood treats him like a bum off the street, and you wonder why he joined a gang. And he actually says in the movie, you didn't once ask me what happened to me up in Chicago. You don't know. You don't care. You just want me to be like I was. And they never address it. Scott never asked him. Scott never gets to find out what happened to him. They don't give a fuck. Oh, you're not on the Christian straight and narrow? Fuck you. What did happen to him? They never said. They never said. And it's maddening. Because it could have been something legit. Maybe he was raped. Maybe he was abused. You don't know. I'm thinking what it was was when he got arrested. There was that too, Cause, but because he got arrested, which he didn't. Do maybe anything. he got raped while he was in jail. That's when he got. That's what. This is this is how Pete joined the gang. Okay, he was hanging out with some friends who he thought were just friends. He didn't know that it was a gang at this point. Hang out with friends. They robbed somewhere. They get caught, but Pete was outside. He didn't know what was going on. He even says, "Hey, you guys, you can't be doing that." And because he gets arrested with these guys, that's how he joins the gang. That's how he decides. I'm going to join a gang. You'd think you'd want to differentiate differentiate yourself from these people. But then he mentions he got expelled from school because somebody broke into a locker and framed him for it. Somebody from a rival gang did this. So if they're willing to willing to frame people and get them kicked out of school, God knows what they do. I guess he needed the protection. <laughs> uh, you mentioned earlier, we were discussing a little bit of the movie before we started recording. Priest Coach. Or father, father coach. Father coach. The baseball coach who there, is also a priest. This old guy's coaching him, which is fine, but he's doing it in like his priest outfit pretty much with his collar and everything. He has multiple different uh, priests. Uh, he has a tan one and a blue one. Uh, and and they and when they're at the bad, the baseball practice, they're mentioning about how Scott is all tense and yeah. uh, I can't relaxed. hit when I'm nervous. He goes, uh, Two, I wish Pete were here. He'd, he'd know how to He'd loosen me up without a pro- or, or, no, okay. Too bad Pete's not here. I bet he could probably loosen you up. I bet he could loosen everybody up. <laughs> oh. I was like, geez, with some buttercream oh. in there, too. Pete's, Pete's Peter loosens people up. And they're like... See, he should have gone to L.A. And they're like, Pete, if he, yeah, if he was here, he'd be able to sing you some commercials. <laughs> he'd love a, uh, uh, You got the right one, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Diet Pepsi does it every time. They love the. I swear, Scott if, knocks it out of the Coca- park when Pete knocks it out of the park doing diet. If Coca Cola and McDonald's sponsored Mac and Me, Pepsi sponsored this fucking movie because they mentioned Pepsi so many times, especially this Pepsi commercial, which was a popular Pepsi commercial at the yep, time. Ray Charles, very, very popular Pepsi commercial. So, uh, I just maybe Pepsi didn't even know that they did this. Who knows? You know, they missed another opportunity to whore themselves out. They always mention wanting uh, treats from the store, but they never talk about what they actually are. They never say, I want snack cakes, I want this, I want that. One time they say snow cones, otherwise it's just treats. Oh, you kids want the treats? Oh, you're going to steal the treats? I imagine it's just like some generic fucking thing, a big old stick with a wrapper over it that just says treat. Like the old the old, old school uh, generic aisle they used to have in the 80s, just plain white wrapper, black, unattractive lettering, just treat. Rip it off, and it's like a, a hard candy around a candy bar with like a chocolate chip cookie underneath that with a piece of chewing gum in the middle. The, uh... The, when they get to the Widow Jenkins' house, or Miss Jenkins, because they end up not calling her Widow anymore later in the movie, they realize they need to get a rope, because this has apparently happened before. Where do they go to get this rope? They go into her basement. Well, why couldn't they just go upstairs? I know, it doesn't make sense. Are she, you sure it was her basement? She probably... Are you sure it was her basement? I thought it was. I thought it was too, but then I thought maybe they rode their bikes all the way back if, to their house. But if she's crazy enough... If she's crazy enough to not leave some kind of an inn for these people who have to help her all the time, she's probably crazy enough to lock the basement either A, for no reason, or B, to keep her bodies from being discovered down there. So they use, like, a pulley system, essentially, to get the to get Scott up to the top level so we can because get in. Because she locks the ground floor, but not the second floor. That but, makes but, so much but sense. But the window was open on the top floor. Yeah, but... Climbs but he, uh, when, when Scott's swinging on a rope, the one little girl, who I believe is Scott's sister, 
Goes oh runs all the way back to all the playing kid. with a rope. Let's dogpile him when a kid's up two stories and could fall and die. Isn't that cute? Isn't that funny? Yeah. Isn't that family friendly? Yeah. No, fuck you. You guys, come on. Scott's swinging from a rope. Dogpile on Eldon so Scott can die. Everybody. Dogpile. <laughs> Earthquake. <laughs> and, and honestly, they've had to do this so many times for the widow Jenkins. I honestly feel she's doing it for attention. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What 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 I love the most about all this is Scott gets in in the second floor, runs down the stairs, runs into the living room parlor, whatever you want to call it. She's at. He just walks in the door, and you just see her feet sticking out, and but her walker and a bunch of other stuff all knocked over, making it look like this is the most epic fall in human history. He takes one look at her. You don't get to see how she looks. You okay? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. I was so worried. Like, okay, I'll be right back. And he runs and opens the door and lets all the other kids in instead of calling 911, which should have been done in the first place. <laughs> so I imagine very you true. don't see when he walks in the door, these are feet sticking out. Like, you okay, Miss Jenkins? She's got a skirt all hiked up. Big old saggy hairy beaver hanging out. Oh, I'm just fine, Scott, but I was hoping maybe you'd want to throw it in here. Oh, what? Your balls haven't dropped yet? I'm sorry. Maybe you can lick my buttercream. <laughs> so then she just gets up like it's nothing. Oh, I just so I just get so scared when I'm laying there on the floor like that. You okay? Oh, I'm fine, but now that you're here, do my shopping for me. <laughs> the fuck? This is the most demanding bitch. Well, oh, second most demanding bitch. We haven't met Margaret yet. <laughs> Margaret wasn't that demanding. Oh, she uh, <laughs> she was a thunder cunt in training. She's, she's right with that girl from the pit. Like, well, if it isn't clumsy stupid. By neat, Betty sits under his porch and eats it raw. Clumsy stupid. I forgot all about that. Good one, DRV. <laughs> That's right. Valdez. <laughs> I'm gonna call you from now on. It's just Valdez. It's Desmond Raphael Valdez. <laughs> All right, Desi. <laughs> so <laughs> collect yourself. So, collect yeah, yourself. I'm trying. So one thing when they go to the store, when they go do, go do the shopping. That's when uh, Mr. Graff, the store owner, tells them about the buttercream history thing, and when you get to learn a little bit. But I have questions coming out of that still. How does one become a buttercreamer? Is there some sort of initiations like process? And also, a minister started it and asked the boys for help, the teen boys for help. Oh boy. <laughs> and also, I like to think that the buttercream, if, if it's not some sort of creepy, like, priest pedo pedo uh, initiation sequence, uh, there maybe there's a. Uh, Maybe the buttercreamers are almost like the stonecutters, or like the Illuminati. <laughs> it's like the secret underground thing. Like, once you get old enough, you, then you go to the buttercreamers, like, like place where they all hang out. The buttercream adult table. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I could come up with a song for this on the spot, but I can't. But, like, they're, like, the most, the most evil, ruthless secret society, but limited to this one podunk little town nobody gives a shit about. It's like for the greater good, they, like, uh, like uh, hot fuzz. Oh, who's going to make sure we keep calling a quarter two bits? We are. <laughs> who's going to make sure the... The store keeps carrying penny candy for the kids. We are. Who's gonna make sure that old rundown truck stays in Olive Grove? We are. <laughs> so, uh, I did love when the grandpa was very short with the kids. Oh yeah, they're very asking him about Pete. He just doesn't give a fuck. He's blowing him off like he know. He obviously knows what happened with Pete, but you think he'd say something? But again, grandpa don't give no fucks. And and, I, and they wonder why he joined a gang. And uh, they keep showing Pete numerous times with his paper route and the, and the boys helping him here Scott, and there. Scott, Scott with his paper route. What I say, Pete. Pete, Pete doesn't have a paper route. No. If he did, then he wouldn't be the oh, problem he a, child. He's a paper route, rolling paper route. Oh. <laughs> he. Uh, I love when he hits Margaret with the paper. How did he not see her sitting on the porch? So then he just goes, uh, "Sorry, Margaret, I didn't see you." Like, what am I invisible? He not, well, she has a crush on him. She wants him to notice her, and he finally does eventually. But he keeps and I, and 
And when he really notices her, when she mentions how she's doing a report on Chicago gangs, I love how she just so happens to be doing a report on Ch- And honestly, I thought in her report was going to be like a thing about Pete. Like she read it in the newspaper. Like Yeah, yeah. Pete Here, here's a new... Here's a newspaper clipping of, uh, you know, these unidentified gang members that got busted for something. and Yeah, I really thought it was going to be Pete. And uh, I love how... How long do you think Pete was gone for? Six months? They said about months? a year. Cause I, I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd say nine months. I'd say three to four months shy of a year. So eight to nine months he was gone for. Like, maybe Chicago school gets out early or something. Pete, when he comes back to Elk Ridge, is a totally different person. In, in a short amount of time. Nobody changes. Unless they were completely fucking brainwashed to get a new brain put in them by, like, fucking Shredder or Krang or somebody. You Some don't, sort of evil genius put a new brain in them. But like, with uh, the, the lack of fucks that his limited family gives for him, they could have sent him off to war. They could have sent him to fight in Desert Storm. Lied and said he was 18. You don't true, know. This is true. They probably should have. It would have been a better choice for Pete. <laughs> so... Honestly, we- oh yeah, get those sand ticks. Get all that uh, Gulf War syndrome from those chemicals they shot our soldiers full of and shouldn't have. Oh yeah, that would have been probably a lot- from Monsanto. Would have been a lot better. Uh, one thing about the store as well: why can you not drink pop inside the store? It's a rule. He's like, oh whoa whoa, remember you have to drink that outside. It's the buttercream adults at it again. You don't drink pop in a store. Pop drinks you. <laughs> pop drinks. That's right. <laughs> and I also... Everything in this town is just... You can just go anywhere, any time of the day, and go in anything, because they go oh, back darn. to the school. I left my report at school. That's okay. They left it open. After I'll hours. just walk back in and get my report back, even though the teacher should be grading it or whatever. <laughs> you can go get... You can go I wonder to- what else I could snatch out of teacher's desk. Maybe a birth control pills, a diaphragm or something. Yeah. Um, I also feel this movie was, it wasn't, also there was a message about respect, being nice to people, uh, not joining gangs, but there was also a uh, underlying message about equality. Because there were, there were no girls allowed in the Buttercream gang. Well, but the, the very girls, end, Margaret just has to shoehorn it in. Oh, you guys need your first girl member, and it should be me. But all the little girls and then, form the buttercreamettes. And then what they should have told her was, uh, what, uh, what's his name told fucking Channing Tatum and G.I. Joe, you don't ask to join the buttercreamers, you get asked. Boom. Boom. But they didn't. They just let her join because they wanted some because of that Because they're completely pussy whipped. That's they wanted... Right. The, you know what? They're horny little boys. They want some pussy. And the, that was their, their, their ticket. They should have They should have said, hey, we're going to visit Pete in Chicago and had him hook him up with some of his gangbang They could have banged some bitches. other chicks at the dance. They all danced with girls. Yeah. They could have banged any of those other chicks, those chicks who looked like they were easily, like, just, five uh, years older than them. Just give them the little Spider-Man under the skirt there. Just... <laughs> friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Maybe a little too friendly. Who knows? I don't remember Spider-Man's uh, web sounding like that. It does all the time. You just well, I don't remember that. So you know, I might have to get my memory refreshed from Pete. Or <laughs> yeah, Pete'll loosen you up, no problem. <laughs> you might have trouble holding holding your stools after Pete's done with you. That's how loose he'll get you. Oh. <laughs> you might need one of those bags on your hip for the rest of your life. Oh my god. That's what Pete'll do. Oh my god. The, uh, one thing also really was done beautifully in this movie was montages. which In which they played this song, Dreams of a Better Day, uh, which we were talking about in the beginning of this movie. Some amazing lyrics there. Uh, the montages were absolutely beautiful. When the bully, when Pete's first... Honestly, I didn't because Pete when he comes back kind of at first he's kind of back in the groove of things a little a little bit and then they show these bullies taking over the the seesaw <laughs> and I didn't realize it was Pete yet in the gang because they didn't really show him but that scene was fucking well, hilarious they, they show him uh, they they show these two kids walking out of school shoving each other around shoving buddies <laughs> like on Family Guy oh you can tell the good <laughs> friends because the way they shove each other around all playfully and smiling and such I just love that one of their antics was 
the stealing a seesaw from little kids and then using it for <laughs> like, how old are they? Aren't these kids in like junior high and the you know thug they, life born they go thug on, life bred and when the time is right they'll be thug life dead <laughs> you know they're going around causing so much trouble breaking glass spray painting smiley faces <laughs> starting fires Stealing, breaking what? glass on train tracks, or it's not gonna fucking matter. And riding the this is the worst thing they did. Worst, the worst of all, riding their bikes in the middle of the fucking road. Oh, I will not stand for to that. get out of the I way. I will not stand for that in my fucking town. That's part of the buttercream way. You know, there's nobody else on the road. Sure, they could have easily gone around anyway. But hey, you don't go clogging up these unused streets in this podunk shithole town. And you know what else I learned from this movie? That owing girls favors is worse than dog breath. Yeah. You owe Margaret a favor? That's worse than dog breath. And then Margaret, being the creepy little bitch that she is, she's like what, you know, feminists would rail against guys for doing. I paid for dinner, so you owe me. I let you borrow my report, so you owe me. You are taking me to the dance tonight. She only tells him the night of. How does he have time to get ready? How does he have time to get her a corsage? Why does his mom go along with this and just expect him to do it? <laughs> because his mom... Because, because he, Margaret... You know, you know why? Because he's part of this buttercream gang, so his parents probably had the fear, especially in a small town like this, that he might be gay. You know people in this small town have... They don't want anything to do with gays. So they probably fear that he's gay. So the fact that he's going to the dance with a girl, they're probably hopped right to their fucking feet and got their corsage. Uh, so that's why that's why his mom tied the corsage on her wrist as a reminder. Hey, at least a handy tonight. At least a handy. <laughs> so honestly, if it wasn't for her taking the initiative, though, Pete wouldn't have got that pussy. Or not Pete. Damn it, Scott. <laughs> hey, Pete probably did get that pussy. Who knows? No, he didn't get any Margaret. Going, there's a sequel to this, by the way, and the sequel, it looks like Margaret's going to go hooking up with Eldon, so if she's as much of a slut as she looks like, she might have let Pete tear it up. Well, once those glasses came off, all bets were off. <laughs> because she doesn't wear glasses the rest of the movie after this. Don't wear glasses, take your hair down, you're a different person, just like Kathy Ireland in Loaded Weapon 1. Seriously, you knew she was going to look like... Like, a, oh, a beautiful young girl. Like, when she took the glasses off, they made her overly nerdy in the beginning, so you knew that was gonna fucking happen. And when they go to the dance, why is there a British DJ? British DJ? How exotic! We have tasted the outside world, boys, and we don't want to have any part of it. And I, we're staying here for the we rest of our lives. We mentioned before when, he, when she asks him to the dance... Why, I love how they have a horn to interrupt when girls are talking. <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! That's, that's, that's the, the men are talking horn. <laughs> you know what? I wish I had one. I'm gonna go buy one this week. And I also liked Margaret when she was being circle jerked uh, by the yeah. Pete's gang. Circled by, by Pete's gang on their bikes, and it's just so scary, and she can't get out. So Scott runs up and crashes into one of them. Knocks him over and says, Hey, what are you doing? And then one of Pete's cronies goes, <laughs> He goes, Hold on. He goes, We're just having a little fun. He literally talks like that guy from Family Guy. I'm going to spin you my little web. Uh, did you get the feeling that Pete looked like Pee Wee Herman? Because a little bit. I think a little bit. A somebody lot. actually like, somebody actually asked that in the comments, like, oh, so why is Pee Wee Herman playing this kid by Paul Rubens? No, it's not Paul Rubens. It's this other guy you've never heard of. He only had one other movie role. It was in Mulholland Drive for like five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Oh my I need to rewatch Mulholland Drive now to see Pete in there. But yeah, he definitely looked like fucking Paul Rubens. It was pretty weird. Especially at certain points. So they say, wait, 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 they say we're having a little fun with Margaret, and he goes, well, maybe you should look the word fun up in the dictionary. Well, because before Pete left, he told him about fun. And uh, it wasn't that kind of fun. It was the buttercream kind of fun. Oh. <laughs> fun with Father Coach yep. on weeknights. Oh, yeah. For sure, in the dugout. <laughs> in our dugout. Well, that's what Father Coach calls his basement, the dugout. Getting into their dugouts in the dugout. Just stand still while I take these I'm, Polaroids. I'm just going to keep saying dugout. Well, he's, you know, he's taking his Polaroids in the basement of all the little <laughs> boys in the dugout. So I dug out my Polaroids at that time you and me were in the dugout. <laughs> How many more times are you going to say dugout? 
Uh, what what way do they take to the dance? Oh, the long way. <laughs> the they cut through everybody else's yard, farm, field, town, dump, whatever. <laughs> what took the weirdest? I really thought they were going to get beat up by uh, the gang at that point when they were just aimlessly walking through that field. So was that was that dance a school sanctioned dance or was it a town dance? You know, I don't know. Um. I assumed it was school. It, said it looked dance all under kinds of stars. ages were there, and I wasn't really sure. And I didn't know if it had something to do with the old you settlers' know, picnic that was like a couple days later. Like if it was like maybe. a whole weekend of like uh, festivities. Considering how small this town was, it's conceivable that all the different grades could have been in the one school building. And I loved, <laughs> I loved how when she dances with Scott. And then the other two boys are laughing, and then they get girls to ask them to dance. There's also a line of gr- uh, a small group of girls still left without dancers, and they look so sad. They look just so sad, and I was. And like, now oh they're my just going to start making bitchy comments about everybody and start hating. Well, this gonna, is how the hate starts. That's going to start the buttercream feminist gang. Oh god! You know, <laughs> no, no, there's no town needs that, <laughs> like at all. It, it can happen. Let's just sit around and be bitter and bitch at everybody. You know, we'll say everybody's a sexist and a misogynist if ever they use the word bitch, even if it's in the context of bitching about something. That clearly means you have no respect for women. And there, there, there. Yep, yep. All I hear is <laughs> very true. Very good point, Dan. Or uh, sorry, Desi. I forgot. Or what did you say, Desiree? <laughs> Desiree, yeah, yeah, just like uh, Raven Simone. <laughs> Wrestler Raven is now Raven Simone, in case you didn't know. And now I'm Desiree, even though I clearly just said my name was Desmond Raphael Valdez. Desmond! Desiree? Desiree, yeah. Oh, oh, Corey, uh, or Candy, what's your name? C-A-N-D-I, with a smiley face to dot it? Okay. <laughs> Alright, Desi, settle down. Settle down. I think you need to settle down. Can't. <laughs> Can't because Pete tried to blow up my <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll bust up your dance with a firecracker. That's what happens when you cross Margaret's us. Feet. He tried to blow up her feet. It's a fucking terrorist attack on this dance, okay? No joke. There's no police in this town fucking stop this terror. He's just gonna blow people's feet up. And, you know, uh, of course there had to be, after this, you know, there's this whole confrontation about a fight happening. And guess what the very next scene is? Yeah. A scene in church where they're talking about not fighting. And uh, well, Father Coach told me not to fight, so I'm gonna go to the fight and tell him I'm not gonna fight and challenge him to hang out well, with me for the day instead. And uh, Lanny's mom, though, says that... Uh, God knows everything in advance. <laughs> it reminds me of that, like, a uh, mom meme. I don't know, they always show the mom, and she's sitting there Indian style, and it always says something, some sort of religious something. Like, my friend's mom said this to me the other day, or whatever. Mm. And there's always a bunch of those, and that reminded me instantly of that. So, when Scott and Pete meet up, Scott uh, convinces Pete to have a day with him. To remember how the old times were. Oh, yeah. So to do this, Pete not only agrees to this for whatever reason. For no he, reason, basically. He, he, he basically says, oh, you afraid? Afraid to hang out with you? Fuck no, pussy. He, Fucking hang out with he, you all day. He conforms completely and dresses how he used to dress. Uh-huh. He doesn't dress like the gang member anymore. And it, and when they went to, I literally thought they were skinny dipping at one point. Oh, yeah. But no, he had jeans Everybody knows on. boys go skinny dipping together down in the old swimming hole. I remember my good good times with my boys down at the old swimming hole, or glory hole as we used to call it, with me, Two-Eyed Tim, and Freddy Five Fingers. We called him Freddy Five Fingers because he still had all five fingers on both his hands. <laughs> and the way they treat Pete in this, Pete's problem in this movie is as if he is on drugs. Yep. Because not just the people, I mean, Pete treats his problem that way too, his own problem. He, he says how hard it is to go back to the way it was. Isn't it usually easier to do things you're used to doing and things that you're normally done doing, and so, except 
instead of something you've only done for like six months. And it's not even like he's addicted to drugs. I could see maybe if he was fucking hopped up on heroin for six months, then maybe it'd be a little hard to fucking wean himself off. But not just fucking being in a like being in a gang with these two other people who he barely knows. He just met these people. Maybe he knew them when he when they were in town before, but I feel like he they never talked to these two guys ever. Right. In town. So like there was like no it, interaction between these kids. It's, it's just, just like, hey, who are you? Stop doing bad things. Yeah. Okay, we do bad things, we both do bad things. You know what? There's only two types of people in this world, Dan. Friends and enemies. I'm not who I was, Scott. I am who I am. Well, yeah. So then he keep Scott keeps telling him he could go back to the way things were. Everybody knows that's not true. You could try to be a different person. It's not going to be how like things were. I feel like Scott is in the same position as Gatsby in the new trailer for that movie coming out this summer. You can't repeat the past, Gatsby. You can't repeat the past. Of course you can. <laughs> and you know that's his death <laughs> sentence. So I bet you Pete ends up biting the bullet back in Chicago one way or another because he's trying to repeat the past. Yeah. It's never going to happen. But the thing is, Pete just keeps saying, why don't you just ask me what happened? Why don't you just ask me what happened? But the thing is, if Pete doesn't want to be bad, then don't. Then just don't. It's so simple because it's just so dumb. The message of this movie that like people that are that that are bad for five months are just gonna keep being bad. And, but the thing is, well, at the end of the movie, he the also thing, says he hates himself. Maybe that's what happened up there. Yeah, but the thing is, he and I'm not saying like okay, you're gonna be bad and then you, you just can't stop or whatever. The thing is though. He's not that case where he just can't stop. He says multiple times throughout the movie, he doesn't want to even do this stuff. So it's like, what the fuck? You, nobody's pushing you to. These other kids didn't push you to. Like, you clearly got them and your gang. Uh, I don't know, just fucking Pete just being a dick. But uh, when they go to the baseball championship game, why is there a baseball announcer? For this local baseball championship. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know. Just... And why is the guy dogging Scott out for yelling back at Pete, who's heckling him, trying to make him fuck up? And, oh, Scott's in trouble now for yelling at somebody through the fence. And I did love when they were mentioning Eldon. They were like, oh, here's Eldon Flowers, the catcher, famous for his one-liners or whatever. His weird, his weird hand signals. He keeps the crowd energized. How is he famous? Where, just in the town, I guess? Maybe, I don't know. maybe he's flashing all the lonely old ladies in town just to... But, but while Pete is heckling, uh, the, the gang gets everybody to do the Diet Pepsi jingle to loosen Scott up. But it really doesn't matter because they lost they the championship. They forgot to use the lube first. They lost the championship game. All because of Pete's heckling. I mean, even Eldon got on base, even though they had to bring in a runner for him to run. Well, you know, we forgot, jokes we forgot to mention. Yeah, they they give Eldon all these horrible fat jokes, even though he's not that fat. <laughs> so it's uh it's okay to uh, rip on fat people, but it's not okay to do other mean things to people. I love that. But we forgot to mention there was a brief little interlude with the town carnival where Father Coach is up in the dunk tank, <laughs> gets knocked into it, and pops out in a sheer wet white t-shirt. <laughs> you get to see his nips. Oh, oh man, it's so cold in here. Oh, how did this happen? Oh, I shouldn't have wore this shirt, boys. You can see right through it. Who wants to come to the dugout and get new clothes with me? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just going to go take a swim. Bring me back something to wear. Yeah. Yeah, who says that when Pete goes swimming by himself? Uh, before that, I love how they kidnap Scott at one point and beat the shit out of him. That was really fucking weird. Uh, and then he says he's going to make things worse for Scott. What can get worse? Murder? Like, I really don't... You don't know. Like, I, so that's why I was just like, okay, what the fuck's going on? One of my favorite parts of this movie was Scott's conversation with his dad, and where his dad tells a story about this guy... Who he was in uh, some sort Vietnam. of Vietnam with Scott Paulson, who they made fun of for being Christian. Hi. Well, he'd introduce himself to everybody as Hi, I'm Scott Paulson. I'm a Christian. Okay, does that mean you're better than me? <laughs> you know, that would be a thing. Like, a, yeah. Hey. So they would make they made fun of this guy, but then they went to church. So were they Christian, or maybe they were like Lutheran, or like I don't know something else. I or, think he just converted but, afterwards. Yeah, but but the thing is, I couldn't tell if he said Christian or Krishna. No, definitely not a Krishna. I am Scott Paulson. I'm a Krishna. 
And maybe that's why they fucking no. They made fun of them. You really think they they go promoting other religions in <laughs> in one of these movies? They they do talk up Gandhi, but they just say, "Oh, good on nonviolence, not good on Hinduism." <laughs> and I also love how Scott asks his dad, if, "You think if I love Pete, he will change?" I was like, "Yep, you're coming out of the closet to your parents right now, basically." <laughs> well, if you love him without a condom, he might change. <laughs> Just make sure you put some buttercream on your dick first. That depends on where you've been sticking that dirty D of yours beforehand. (laughs) So basically, what he decides to do is, next time they want to start shit with him, he kept saying how he liked his bike and he wished he could afford one, even though he already has one. He had a pretty nice bike! Yeah. He had a nice bike. So he hands... I would have rather had Pete's bike. Scott hands his bike over to Pete and says, uh... Oh, you wanted to take my bike here? Now you don't have to take it. I could just imagine how this would have played out if they were adults. They'd just run the same stupid logic by that. Oh, you want my wife? Here. Now you don't have to take her. Yeah. Here, fuck my wife, Pete. And this Go is ahead. how they handle bad people in this town. They just give them things. Yeah. The oh, store you... owner realizes Pete's ripping them off for the, the infamous treats. So he just decides to give them free treats all the time. They give them free treats, free pop, uh... The one little girl goes up to Pete and throws him the football, or throws the football at him, and then he starts, and then they hike the football to him, and he looks at the football, and I wrote down, what do I do with this football? Steal it, <laughs> steal it, look at it, how much can I hock this thing for? Get some more treat money or something. And then this is when there's another montage, more greatness, montage. more greatness of this song. So, Pete ends up staging a <laughs> break-in. A guy with pantyhose over his head trying to rob his grandfather. Trying to rob his grandfather of his gold coins. He's like, just give me your coins and I won't kill the boy. He's like, well, I don't have them. They're in a safety deposit box, the fucking liar. Pete goes, no, Grandpa, I saw you with the coins the other day. Just give him the coins. Once again, Grandpa doesn't love Pete. (laughs) The thing is, though, thing is, though, one. So then. Wait, wait, hold on. One, who the fuck is this guy? Where did he come from? And two, who robs somebody with no weapon? This happens twice in this movie, by the way. Two robberies with no weapon of any sort. Not even a stick. Pete, when he goes and robs Graf's uh, grocery store, he's like, give me all your money. We haven't gotten there yet, okay. He's like, give me all your money. He's... He, he didn't even have, like, a pen. Yeah. He didn't have anything. Yeah. Sure, here's $274. Is that enough for you? Do you need more? What do you... I'm robbing you. You don't give people money and say, oh, okay, do you need more? I'm robbing you. Well, I don't want you to be robbing me, so it's not robbing if I give it to you. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> Am I taking crazy pills? <laughs> hey, Mickey Rooney's crazy pills, they work. <laughs> He'll be stealing people's scabs I mean, in no time. I mean, at least in the chase, Charlie Sheen used a candy bar to, to kidnap somebody and uh, so, take over that. So fucking... once again, a little girl sees this happening and somehow has enough time to call the Buttercream gang for help. And Scott says, uh, I got a plan. Go, You go get the sheriff. I got a plan. Call the cops. No, really? What you should have done in the fucking first place again? Yeah. But then, they you know, call the cops, which would have made sense, and let the cops take care of it. But no. Then, all right, I'll get all the other little kids in town, get them to risk their lives throwing themselves on what we believe to be a dangerous armed criminal. Unarmed. Well, dangerous unarmed. they didn't. Yeah, he wasn't armed, but they didn't know that. Looking through the window, I, w- I would assume if somebody's trying to rob somebody, they'd have a weapon. They're holding a guy hostage, yeah. they'd have a weapon. Go, well, I just thought he had no weapon, and he goes, I'll kill the kid. With what, your hands, I guess? Then they unmask him, and people seem to know who he is, but he just runs off, and the cops let him go! You let a kidnapper go! You let a threatened murderer go! Because <laughs> nobody in this town wants to arrest anybody. They just want to sweep everything under well, the they, rug. If they arrested him, they'd probably just give him, like, a nice hotel room. <laughs> Here you go, sir. You doing all right in there, Sammy Scumfuck? You want some more treats? <laughs> I got treats for you. Got a wheelbarrow full of treats. I this, can't tell you what they are other this, than the treats. I got this treat hanging out of my pants over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suck on my treat Williams for a while. That's what I call it, by the way, because it is a treat. You'll know. You'll know when you get to the well, sticky. What do they setup. do with criminals? They just and actually they end up just putting them down in the dugout and let Father Coach take care of them with his treat, Williams. 
This is my body. You're not getting my blood, you're just getting my body. Over and over. Maybe you can get my blood. From my butthole. Red Rover, Red Rover, I'm about to come all over <laughs> you tonight. Um, you almost sound like ham banana there. Yeah. <laughs> Bend over. <laughs> so, after Pete attempts to rob the grocery store... Literally, this is this is there's only like ten minutes max left in the movie. So you think there's going to be some sort of resolution with Pete? Yeah, you know, like what would have made sense? <laughs> rejoins the gang. Well, the buttercream gang. You know, goes back to normal. Everything's fine. Everybody forgives him. Things like that. No, he literally just takes off back to Chicago. Somehow, we don't know how. <laughs> he must have had to steal the money from somewhere else. Maybe that's where the Chicago or bus sign came into play. Oh, boy. <laughs> Chicago or bust in my mouth. He said, I know the rules of the road. I've hung out in the dugout. <laughs> um, so, then Scott keeps writing all these letters to P. Mall, you know, over and over again. And no response, no response, no response. Then, everybody's at Scott's house. Everybody. Yeah. They're all gathered there. But it's and been all, another year at this point. Yeah, they all look really sad. Literally, I thought they were going to say that Pete died. Yeah, instead they give him a death letter fake out, like, well, I think you should hear this from all of us, son. And his or dad no, goes... the priest should I, read this. I just, He's yeah, had more experience. Yeah. And the dad goes, son, I just want you to know it doesn't always turn out this way. Like, oh, he's dead. But no, like... Let's give him this this whole fucking fake out about oh your best friend's dead despite everything he did. For I know, him. do oh, no, this guess to a what? kid. He just started a good gang up in the city now. Why would you scare a kid like this? Because they're assholes. <laughs> I honestly wish it would end with Pete dying because that would have been an even more insane ending. Or even worse, they just fake Scott out so bad before the reveal he goes and kills himself because he thinks Pete's dead and it's his. Fault. Or I thought that Pete was gonna. End- like, show back up. Like, he's gonna show up again. Like, yeah. And all good. And everything. <laughs> but again, that would have made too much sense. No. He literally start is in the newspaper in Chicago for starting a new, for starting a, like, good gangs in Chicago. Apparently, he turned his, his city gang or part of it around, and now they're a Chicago buttercream gang. Oh yeah. boy, oh boy. Yeah, Chicago chap- There's a picture of him with the mayor. That's definitely not Richard Daly in there. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at all. It's some feeble old man with a big old I have a smile because I have no idea what the fuck is going on grin on his face. <laughs> the uh well and I just don't understand why Pete just couldn't stay. I don't get it. Why did Well, he- what he ended up confessing at the end was he hates himself. Yeah. And nobody ever bothered to talk to him, find out why or how this happened, what's going on. So I think he probably still hates himself, and he's just trying to fill that void by doing good things, but he's still horribly depressed up there. And nobody's going to question or anything about it. Chi- oh. Maybe everybody in Chicago knows, like, they talk to him about it, his gang members there. Maybe, but considering the way things went in this movie, I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. He's probably going to end up turning up in another newspaper clipping as a suicide, but then there'll be like a, oh, hey, we got more word about Pete, and just cheerfully hand it off to Scott, only to find out, fuck, my friend's dead, and everybody's just like, eh, you know, I thought we'd go with a complete wrong reaction for this one, too. Or Pete gets broken up in some sort of gay prostitute ring. (laughs) You know, that could happen, too. But, uh, you know, and then the movie ends with, it's all, here we go again. Yep. Uh, the little girl rolls up, she's like, Widow Jenkins, she fell down again. And they're just like, oh, let's go, boys. boys so and, literally, boys and girl. Here we go again. Boys and girl, Dan. Margaret is a part Margaret of ball busts away into the gang. And she's got new contacts. She has contacts. no place being there. She's got new contacts. Oh, boy. Uh, there was also a sequel to this movie, The Buttercream Gang in... Secret of Treasure Mountain. Oh boy. 1993. Now this just makes Secret. me want to reread the Happy Hollisters uh, all over all, It again. says also the Buttercreamers have made numerous appearances in other feature family or feature, feature films, films for, for families. families. Movies including uh, The Penny Promise. This is sort of a running continuity with the company constantly recruiting the Buttercreamers to influence the good of community, friendship, and Trust. Oh boy. On the back cover of this movie as a VHS. Discussion questions. Parents guide for family discussion. Question number one. When someone wrongs you, does it make it, does Does it it take more courage to fight or to find another way to solve differences? Uh, Depends on the situation. 
If you're standing with a bunch of guys holding guns on you and you're completely unarmed, I say it takes more courage to fight. Does the right thing always bring immediate results? We can see. No, but uh, sometimes those wonderful immediate results happen out of your sight, like when you bust inside a bitch. Or when you're uh, spray painting smiley faces. <laughs> inside a bitch. <laughs> inside a bitch. When people don't like themselves, how do they usually treat others? Well, uh, apparently Pete didn't like himself, and he was treating others pretty good, so this movie would have you believe that it's okay. <laughs> Why did Scott give Pete his bike? Because he's a non-confrontational little bitch, and he's taken the wrong way out, and what? the real world will get you killed. What does unconditional love mean? It means you, you love somebody <laughs> on the unconditional side. The thing is, is they never mention unconditional love in this movie. Well, they say love, but they never say unconditional love. Yeah. But it's, I guess it's me, basically, you know. It was implied, but, you well, know. Well, if you have more questions, I highly recommend dialing <laughs> 1-800-FAMILY-TV. That'll uh, definitely help you uh, out and there. And get you put on their, their spam list. <laughs> Marketing scams. You get their 500,000 spam cell phone calls in, in the span days, of a month. 500, oh, 10 days. 500,000 so that's calls in 10 days. That's 50,000 calls a day. Who makes 50,000 calls a day? Feature films for families. They got they got put on the uh, that do not call list uh, permanently. They were the, one of the first companies to get put on that list <laughs> for doing that bullshit. So yeah, buttercream. Uh, one one day uh, future episode we will watch the buttercream gang in secret of Treasure Mountain. But uh, we can't handle that just now. <laughs> it seems like everybody else came back for the sequel, minus Pete. I, it doesn't seem like he's, uh, you know, a part of this one. Oh, uh, unfortu unfortunately, I wish he could have been a part of this, but just can't have it that way. He's in Chicago. Maybe one day we'll get the Buttercream Gang a Chicago chapter movie. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I uh, bet you Kirk Cameron, uh, Kirk Cameron's going to fund a reboot of this any day now. Apparently, uh, one movie that uh, I've been wanting to watch for a while, I wanted to watch it one time, is Ski Patrol. Uh, Ski Patrol 2 is also on Netflix. But uh, Ski Patrol stars Dean Cameron, who, Rockula. Ah! <laughs> so, and but uh, also features Scott Carpenter as Brett. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, there we go. I hope he has uh, drunken premarital sex with some bitch. Don't say that. What? Don't say... Don't say... Let's say what? That he has drunken, drunken premarital, premarital sex, sex with some him. bitch? Yeah, don't say that. He wouldn't what? do it. He wouldn't do it. You don't know. He's a buttercreamer. He's, a, he's not a buttercreamer. He's the actor that plays a buttercreamer. It's way more fun watching people do this snarky Christian shit and then go and just like skeet, skeet, skeet. The buttercreamer, okay? They don't do that shit. Yeah, he's going to buttercream all over her face, tits, and ass. Don't do that shit. Oh, I don't. Okay. Piss me off. Piss me off. You know what? Maybe we just can't be friends anymore. You don't know what happened to me up in the city. You don't know how many bitches I had to buttercream. What a big part of my life that is now. All right, DRV, Desi, Desiree, Desiree Valdez. Okay, Candy. <laughs> Ready to sign off yet? Or we got to do next week's? We got to do next week's. Next week's movie was suggested on Twitter at, by at T. Kutchenbrod. It's he uh, asked us, please watch Hard Target. It stars Jean Claude Van Damme and it's directed by John. Whoa. It's B movie gold. Hashtag Ragin' Cajun. No. Ragin' Cajun. I remember Lash LaRue in the dying days of WCW. <laughs> better known as Corporal Cajun. Oh. With misfits in action. Before we get real quick, I'm going to do this real quick. Before we sign off, before we get into next week's movie, Hard Target, starring Jean Claude Van Damme and many others, Lance Hendrickson, Wilford Brimley, Arnold Volsalu, uh, Yancey's. Butler. Butler. Uh, I got some amazing reviews for the Buttercream Gang on here. I'm going to fly through real quick. Here's one. This movie is the most amazing piece of artwork I have ever seen. Did you notice that when Pete came back to Elkridge from Chicago, he wanted to change his last name to Valdez? Those Mormon screenwriters sure know how to make racism funny. <laughs> I really love this That's movie. That's true. That's true. I really love this movie because it's based in reality. <laughs> You know, you know. it really reminded me of the times in Little League when I would stand up and start cheering, you got the right one, baby. <laughs> uh, five random reasons why this, mo why this movie is amazing. Ready? One, 
The women know their roles in family life. That's true. Two. Except for Margaret. That ungrateful widow Jenkins makes the boys do her shopping after they save her life. She really gets my blood boiling. Three. The word candy does not exist in Utah. It's been replaced with treats. Yep. The bad gang is very menacing. Throwing rocks at bottles, setting trash on fire, ding-dong ditching, pick-me signs on backs, you name it. And number five, four-man choreographed Huffy skit-outs. That's true. Uh, also, and here's another one. I love this movie. When I was a little younger, my family received this movie in the mail for some unknown reason and decided to give it a chance in our movie collection. I guess I'll put this in here. Uh, Maybe they were spamming people's mailboxes, too. <laughs> seems like they were. Ever since, I have worshipped this movie. I mean, it's been around about five years, and I still think it's a fantastic film. I'm disappointed often by the fact that no one else has ever seen it, but trust me, it's worth it for everyone. Here's another one. It's obviously written by a girl. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love this movie. Besides being a really good movie, it teaches a lesson that won't be forgotten. It is though it is through this helping others and an eye for an eye only makes the whole world blind attitudes and then I try to shape my life after it. And it's been great. I've watched it so many times, I know the whole movie by heart and I can recite it. Oh god. By the way, Michael D. Weathered, Pete Turner, is so mine. He's so cute. <sighs> Oh, sorry. But anyways, he owns me. I don't own anybody. <laughs> what is that? So, what is the last part? He she owns just wants me. to let the world know she's not a slave owner. And I respect that, because that's still a problem that we have today, obviously. And here's one more. This movie is amazing, however, you forgot to mention. One, Pete's gang's diabolical takeover of the seesaws at the park. Two, awesome clothing. Three, Scott's dad persecution of Christians in Vietnam. Four, the fact that the theme song reflects on the life in the streets when there's only one real street in the whole town. The rest are roads. Five, Pete has this slew-footed gangsta walk aptly accented by his high-water pants. Six, the fact that these kids are so cool they don't watch TV for the shows, or, or even watch TV for that matter, just recite commercials. Some people got the, the gist of what we got. Some people really obsessed with this movie, especially that girl who is all about Pete Turner. And uh, went on that little rant and included a sigh in her uh, thing. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, next week is Hard Target. Uh, stars Jean-Claude Van Damme as Chance Bordeaux, an out-of-work Cajun merchant seaman who saves a young woman, <laughs> played by Yancey Butler from A Gang of Thunks in New Orleans. Jean-Claude Van Damme is definitely sporting a giant mullet in this movie, so get ready for some uh, mullet action. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. It's one of those Jean-Claude movies I just never really given that much love. So oh, it'll be interesting to watch Hard Target. If you have suggestions, let us fucking know. Don't hurt, can't kill. Or okay. don't hunt. Why'd I say hurt? It's a little tiny writing on this poster and I can't see it. So don't hunt when you can't kill. That'll be next week. Hard Target. Ban fucking damn. It's on Netflix. Check that shit out. So, for the B-Movie Breakdown and all you buttercreamers out there, I'm Corey. I'm DRV. And I gotta go get rid of this shit dick. It's the best of the worst B-Movie Breakdown. It's the best of the worst. 